guys. Welcome back to episode four of Wine Talk. Wow. Four episodes four. in. We were, we were going crazy about three, now it's four. So that's really, really exciting. I realized that I didn't introduce myself last episode, but I am Genesis. I'm Evelyn. Thank you for joining us today. Nope. Today we're going to talk... Yeah, today, yeah, today, well, last episode was what something that you kind of took on and, you know, what you've experienced and what you wanted to address. I kind of wanted to touch on something that Jason had brought up last, uh, two the, not the two episodes ago. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I was about to say last episode no, and it's been two. already two. Mm-hmm. Um, but last time he was here, um, he brought up to me about, um, you know, my academic struggles and stuff like that not even struggles I've excelled very well in school but more of the stress and the anxiety that came with that and um the main reason I wanted to expand on that is because um I will say firsthand that that was the stepping stone on my perfectionism my anxiety leading into my eating disorder and you know just all combined to one and I think that it's something really important because it's and not even just with school I think with anything mm-hmm. you know that stress of wanting to know what the next step is is what everyone goes through and then when you're when you're hitting that lull of you know nothing is excelling you forward but nothing is either like holding you back but everyone else is kind of succeeding and you're just in that limbo of like hey, I'm kind of existing and everyone else is doing what they're doing. But anyway, we can get started on this. To touch on it a little bit, a little bit of background on me. Um, In school, I was neither amazing nor terrible. But uh, I took on a really, really big role of needing to be absolutely perfect when it came to school I had this really (laughs) bizarre extremist perfectionism when it came to like my schoolwork when it came to you know making sure that if we had something that we had to draw for class it was literally extra to the point where people looked at me and were like is everything okay with you um I think I've shown you once before I it literally got to the point where if I, I think it was my anatomy class or something like that. It was like sh- drawing a picture and like coloring how hair follicles are and stuff like that. And I like cut out a piece and like I, w- it was like all drawn on something else and cut out and pasted onto a different, it was just super extra. But I mainly wanted to talk about it because I think that that's what piqued my anxiety and what uh, like I said before, it like led to this sense of needing to be in control. So uh, I know it probably happened once I hit high school. I was have how I've said in the first episode, obviously raised a lot differently than my older brother. And from the jump, I've had this like almost overwhelming pressure to excel so well because not saying that my brother was not one to excel in school, but he wasn't excelling the way that almost my parents, you know, hoped for and wanted Mm -hmm. to see. And I think that my mom took on that role of like, okay, well, now that he's out of, out of that page, I have to do better for her and make sure that she's on top of everything because I didn't do that with him. And so this sense of like, having to be on top, having to be perfect started to really, really overwhelm me to the point where if I, you know, didn't 
finish an assignment in the perfect way that I planned it in my head, I would have a panic attack for like 10 straight minutes. And I would just rip up everything and start from scratch. And I don't know if any of you guys do this, and I'm more than sure people probably do. I don't know if you do, but my perfectionism got to the point where even if I wrote in my notebook, if I didn't like a specific word that I wrote in the correct way, I would rip it out, rip it up and completely start all over. And later on, I learned that my sense of perfectionism and, you know, control had came from the fact that because I, I wasn't, I don't know how to really put it. I wasn't really seen or, you know, given as much of attention you know growing up and stuff like that my way of accumulating that attention was to be perfect and to be like super like in this box and like you know make sure that everything you know was exactly how it should be and exactly how everybody wanted it to be because I can tell you firsthand middle school elementary school girl I did not turn in that homework for shit like (laughs) I'm not even gonna lie like I got home my mom can tell you a story about how one time I literally told my teacher, I was like, girl, I did not do my homework. I went home. My parents made me do all these chores. Like, when did you think I was going to have the time to do that? <laughs> Which obviously wasn't true. And that, that like, kickstarted my sense of, like, I can't do that because, you know, I was making those excuses, not turning in homework and doing whatever I wanted. And then it was getting me in trouble when I got home behind closed doors, you know, just the stress of my mom being like, what's going on? Like, why are you like, you can't be like that. Like, you need to move that. Like, you need to get going. Mm -hmm. And my mom has always raised me that way to be very, very independent. And, you know, talking about all of this and mainly why, like, I really do want to discuss this is because putting that strain on someone so young at such an early age really, really fucks with you mentally, like 100%. And I think that I had to really look into myself and see that it's okay to not get A's and B's all the time. It's okay that my assignments weren't as perfect as I wanted it to be. And I didn't get that way until college. Like maybe my junior year of college, I jumped on the motto of C's get degrees. Didn't get a lot, but you know, like hopped on that. And going back to high school, you know, I, I knew that the only way, or in my mind, the only way of getting the attention that I wanted to was doing good. And that's exactly what was happening. Like I was on honor roll. I was, my teachers were, you know, telling my parents how good I was doing. I wasn't getting into as much trouble as I used to be getting into. And my mom was, you know, always telling me how proud she was of me. And growing up, that was one of the things that I craved the most, you know, when it came to not just my mom, but my parents in general, like hearing them say that they're proud of me, you know, that was my biggest goal. And that was, that was something that I had always like yearned for. Like it, it, it didn't even matter how I got there. As long as I got it, you know, I was chilling and I wasn't realized the strain that I was putting on myself and the strain that I was, you know, constantly like, beating myself up over something that wasn't as serious as I thought it was, 
you know, and I remember the first podcast we talked about, like you brought up how, you know, you weren't, you were the girl on top accomplishing mm-hmm. so much. And then all of a sudden everyone else was accomplishing everything and you kind of weren't there. Yeah. That's kind of how I got like there. Now that I'm, you know, I'm done with school. Like that's how I've, I got like, okay, I accomplished this. And now what? Like I've worked so hard in my life to be on top and like, you know, set my life a perfect way and make sure that I have everything under control and, you know, everything was under my control. It wasn't under school's control. It wasn't under my parents' control. It was everything that I could do for me. And I had to also learn that (laughs) in some ways it wasn't for me. Like I think subconsciously I was putting that strain to be perfect for my family and to do it for my family. And that's something that I know a lot of people can, you know, relate to. And I think that that's something that's, should we talk about more? I feel like a lot of us lose sight of what we're doing something for and we want to be perfect so much for other people and we kind of lose sight of just wanting to be good and perfect for ourselves. And I think growing up and going to college and meeting new people and understanding myself and understanding the perfectionism that I really had to let go of because um you know, I brought up the first episode how I didn't really start to acknowledge my mental health until maybe like around college and stuff. But I had a therapist, well, one of my therapists, I've had many, but she told me she, when she diagnosed me with my ED, she was like, the reason why you have this like desperate need when it comes to food and what you can control on what you're eating and what you're not eating is because you have this desire to constantly want control you want control in schooling you want control on what happens to you you want control on the decisions you make and you're feeding so hard into the sense of control that whenever you feel out of touch or whenever you feel out of control that's what causes my anxiety and what causes the eating problems Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. the only thing that I could control was what I was doing to myself and I don't know, I I always thought, like, mm, the perfectionism is just a quirk. Like, it's a quality of myself. It's good to be a perfectionist. And I never realized how much damage I was putting onto myself, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it is damaging. I have a question for you. Were you ever um, tested um, to be a gifted child? No, actually, I never had I didn't even know that you could get tested for that until you told me with Andy. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when you brought up uh, how Andy tested and then got in, mm-hmm. put into the gifted program. It. Oh, um, yeah. But you told me that he got tested and put into the gifted program. I I can see how maybe it, I would it would have been something yeah, to look into yeah I the reason why I was asking is because um that's one of the characteristics of being um gifted is mm-hmm. uh, trying to be perfect mm-hmm. and always and I noticed that a lot on Andy like mm-hmm. you mentioned um and it's been hard it's been hard to get that out of him but like you said he writes a word he doesn't like how it how he how he wrote it and then he tears up the paper yeah. and he starts all over and then you know it's a constant battle of just it's fine it's mm-hmm. okay to do it but i also understand because 
in my earlier years, mm-hmm. I was a little bit like that. And mm-hmm. and I think, like you said, it's it's part of um, the sense of, of having control. Yeah. And not having control is not, it, I guess it's associated with not being perfect in yeah, a way. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I learned that, um, you know, with time, but I do notice that a lot with um, with Andy, and that's mm-hmm. why I I was asking because I I'm pretty sure you are. Pretty <laughs> sure. There's no doubt. I'm pretty sure you are. Oh, thank you. Um, and but yeah, but that's one of the characteristics of that. No, and yeah, my perfectionism literally was other. really really bad. Like I can tell you, I, I would take hours hours just to do an assignment like and Mm -hmm. even if I had you know notes that were written like four or three pages if I didn't Mm -hmm. like anything I would completely like rewrite it and go over and there's people that say like oh there's you know rewriting is it Mm -hmm. it helps you retain the information a lot more and yes I completely agree with that I think you know my perfectionism helped Mm -hmm. in that sense to where I retained a lot of information But it set me back really far in the sense of, like, I needed to be perfect because perfect was the only, the only thing, the only thing. Like, it was the only way to be. And if I wasn't that, then I was a failure. And even, even recently, you know, my boyfriend and I had, like, a conversation about a class that I was really struggling with this past semester. And I told him, I was like, I'm just afraid to fail. And I even told that to my mom. I'm like, I'm afraid to fail. Like, I don't want to be a failure because failing to me is not an option. And I do still struggle with that. Obviously, being a perfectionist, that's always going to be a struggle. And they both had to tell me, like, you know, you can't always be perfect and you can't always have control in things. And I think that that's something that I want to, you know, give out to everyone that, Life is never going to be perfect. We are never, ever going to make the perfect decisions. We're never going to do everything in tip-top shape, no matter how hard we want to. And, you know, even if we do reach that, there's still always that void. Because I remember even within my perfectionism, any time that I would achieve something, it wouldn't fulfill me the way that I thought it would. And it would leave me being like, what's up? Yeah, like there's some... Like, I, I would almost be, like, in feral mode where I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, this this is already done, so what what's next for me to achieve? And I didn't take a moment to really dwell and enjoy what I was experiencing or what I was achieving at the time. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it almost kind of left, like, a really big void that you were talking about. And, like, mm-hmm. I just remember always sitting there after achievements and being like, yeah, that was cool. And yeah, and I, I, you know, I got that, like, I'm proud of you for my mom. And like, you know, everyone would be like happy. And then I think because I yearned so hard for that, like approval and that all of that, it would happen for like that moment. And then the next day it was gone. And I was like, do you think do you think that that happened because you really the, the purpose was not to fulfill your happiness but it was to fulfill somebody else's oh, happiness a hundred percent and I, I I can attest to this and it took me so long and and honestly shout out to my parents because they had to drill it in me I was always going around and being like I'm doing this for you guys like I'm graduating high school for you. I'm graduating college for you. Like the diploma is for you because of all the work that you've put in. 
to allow me to do this and allow Mm -hmm. me to achieve the dreams that I have. And they they literally sat me down one time and they were like, you have to stop saying that. We appreciate it. We love that you're succeeding and we love that you're doing well and stuff. But you need to be doing it for you because at the end of the day, it's for you. It's for your life. It's for your future. Mm -hmm. Like us seeing you succeed is enough within itself. Like we don't need you to stress yourself out or go above and beyond and think that you're doing it for us because you should be thinking about doing it for yourself. And I don't know. Yeah, I think I think as a parent, um, you know, at least for me, I speak for myself. Um, you know, I want my kids to succeed for them, yeah. not to prove anything to me or to anyone else, but for them. And, and I always tell them, you know, um, whatever, whatever dad and I can give for you guys when it's education, because that's the only thing that you're going to have left when mm-hmm. we're gone. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else more valuable that we can leave behind Mm -hmm. but you have to do it for yourself and I think that um that's that's something I know it's off topic but I think it's very important as parents to give our kids not the opportunity but the choice to to choose whatever they want to do Mm -hmm. and I know as parents a lot of times we want our kids to succeed and to be the best of of something and you know in the best career but um, at the end of the day, I've seen it many times where kids are go to college, they, you know, strive, like you said, to be the best for the parents because that's what the parents wanted. But at the end of the day, they're not happy with what they achieved because yeah. that's not what their goal was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's very important as parents that we, you know, give our kids the choice of whatever they want to um, go for in life because yeah. at the end of the day, it's their life. And, you know, like you said, uh, I think going back to, you know, what I was asking you, if mm-hmm. you were doing it for yourself or if it was to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a lot firsthand where, you know, people go to school for something to please the parents mm-hmm. and then they end up in something totally different. So, yeah. you know, it was a waste of time of life of for nothing. And a lot of the times, like you said, because, you know, you or what I'm perceiving is that you want it to be perfect yeah. to do something, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure this is what you really want to do as far as, you know, your yeah. career, but I know a lot of people are not happy with what they're studying for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, it's a waste of time at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And it's just to please someone that, you know, it, it yes, it's your they're your parents. They're giving you the career, but if you know if you're not happy, it makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely no sense to do something that you're not happy with. So yeah, so that's that's something that um it's very interesting um uh, because I I'm in, um how can I say it? I'm looking forward to it. Oh. And um, so I'm looking forward to how my kids are going to turn out mm-hmm. because I do have like a very different, um, different char- like characters, characters for, for yeah. each one and academically um, mm-hmm. as well. So I'm, I'm very interested like to see how that's going to turn out and how um, the best way to help them. So, you know, hearing your experience, you know very proud of you for, <laughs> for doing that and not just that but you know um just so you guys know she just finished two 
do um got uh my majoring was in political science with a double minor in English and psychology, and I finished that in three and a half years. Yeah. So that's, to me, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. So very, very You know, very the, the, one of the sad things, though, and I will say this because we're a vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't acknowledge or appreciate that i don't think i don't think it's really still hit me yet that like i've made that accomplishment you know like i'm in the process of like okay next is my lsat let's you know like i I have no time to dwell over the fact that i finished school i the next step is studying for my lsat in february and then the next step after that is you know the retake because i want a better score in april like i i am blessed and fortunate enough to say that you know my although my parents were a really big part Mm -hmm. of you know me wanting to be perfect and succeeding in school but I was able to pick a career and love a career path that you know had always interested me and that has always been something that you know I've looked into and have repeatedly you know dreamt myself being in and you know I my fear of failure though is mainly what is my biggest setback because before I started my last semester, I remember sitting and t- telling my mom, almost in tears too, I remember being like, I can't even visualize myself as a lawyer. Like, I can't, I can't see that. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on and I don't know why I can't. I used to be able to, but now I just, I can't do it. And there's just, so- there's something with it. Like, I don't know. And she had to sit me down and be like, don't be scared like that's what it is is Mm -hmm. that you're scared you're afraid Mm -hmm. to fail and you know Mm -hmm. we have to fail in order to to grow in order Mm -hmm. to succeed in things that we do and you know I she told me you know you you failed before and you've come out of it and you're in college and you're still doing what you're doing like and I I had to learn and tell myself like you know even though I can't visualize it now like maybe in a few days down the road I will and it's it's just like having to really sit with myself and tell me that Take a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the mm-hmm. ride. Like it's it's not gonna be as perfect as I would like it to be, that's for sure. There's obviously choices that I wish I would have done differently when it comes to academics and stuff like that. And there are different pathways that I wish I could have taken, but you know, like I was still able to finish what I've started you know and not many people can say that not many people can say that you know they've lasted as long as I have or have even gone as far as I have and I can only be grateful for that within myself and I think maybe advice that I would give to you as like a parent because I know that like you said Andy has like that sense of wanting to be a perfectionist and I think Mm -hmm. just reminding him that yes it's okay to to want to be perfect and make sure what you're doing is perfect but it's also 100% okay to like mess up and look at it and just be like that's not as perfect as I want it to be but it'll do for what is necessary like there's always a limit to perfectionism Mm -hmm. and I will be the first to attest to that because my sense of control and wanting everything to be perfect really really got in the way of a lot of things for me it really did and I'm not saying that that's what everyone experiences and I'm not saying that that's what Andy would experience but I think maybe just it's it's just I don't know it's it's such a wide 
margin of perfectionism where no matter what people say or what people do, it's never going to help or it's not going to ease that like need to be a perfectionist Mm -hmm. because that's literally like the cause of my anxiety. Like that, that like just little, little thing of wanting to be perfect is what continuously just triggers my anxiety. And I, I think maybe the best advice I can give for those that are perfectionists like I am is it sounds so stupid, but just writing down a to-do list and, you know, going through that to-do list and writing even the simplest things because I had to learn to just sit down and just write, brush my teeth, put on perfume, do Mm -hmm. homework, do this assignment and then do this. And every time I mark it, I would take five minutes and just indulge in that accomplishment of just even doing that like just small little tasks make you feel accomplished and make you even feel motivated to want to do the next step and it it allows you to you know take a step back and be like okay I accomplished something dope Mm -hmm. like I did that like that Mm -hmm. was enough for me and you know that's cool and now the next step is this and you know my mom also told me I love bringing up my mom shout out to my mom my mom is honestly the best she's helped me so much through all of the mental health stuff that I've gone through but my mom also told me like you know wanting to be perfect all the time is what's gonna make you imperfect because you're gonna fail you're gonna fail you're gonna have so many flaws that you may not notice because in your mind everything is perfect, perfect. but mm-hmm. outside people are going to notice and they're going to be like, there's something a little bit off or there's something not real about it. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I had a phase where I was putting on a front, obviously like dealing with what I was dealing with, but still wanting to be perfect all at the same time. And it caused a lot of a lot of strain on myself. And I think I just wanted to you know talk about it because... Not many people can relate to the academic aspect, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't even have to be academic. It can just be work. It can be everyday life. Like I had a perfectionism of even now, like wanting to, you know, yes, I'm having side jobs now because I (laughs) I like to make my own money and uh, I love to be independent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I have always been taught to be independent. You know, again, shout out to my mom. She's taught me to be an independent woman from like the age of maybe 11, 12, 13 on, like I've been always independent. And mm-hmm. yes, it's great to be independent, but it's also okay to ask for help too. Oh, definitely. 100%. Definitely. Definitely. But, but you know what? I think that that's very hard once you, you become independent. Yes. 100%. Because your pride can take over that. Yes. Very easily. Yes. From yes. experience, I, I know that. <laughs> no, yeah. And I can assume that. Hard. That's honestly what I was going to continue to talk about next is, Pride gets in the way, hella. It got in the way for me, and that's what continued my perfectionism mm-hmm. up until my sophomore year of high school, well, high school, college. And, mm-hmm. you know, pride is, yes, it's good to be prideful in some sense, but don't allow the pride to overtake who you are and overtake the opinions that people give you. And, Really listen to your body and listen to your mind whenever you feel like a lot is going on and enough is enough or too much is too much. Because mm-hmm. even now, like, I even know to, well, like, going a little bit back of talking, like, it's not just school because 
now that I'm in the lull of like, okay, there's no school, but now I have my LSAT and I have side jobs because obviously I need to make money and be independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this like pride of like, okay, like I don't want to ask my parents for money because I make my own money, but I'm not making enough money to continue to propel myself even farther to where I would like to be. And because I have this sense of perfectionism within being independent and I've gone so far and so long with being independent that my pride doesn't allow me to tell everyone around me to be like I need a different job because it's not doing me well or I need help with this because I'm not making enough money with the job that I have and not not shitting on my job <laughs> Paula <laughs> Michelle <laughs> and everyone that watches this and you know all my coworkers and people that watch this and work with me I love you guys um but yeah 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 I think I think when you're young and I'll tell you from experience I think when you're young and you don't have that Sorry, I almost dropped the mic. um, When you don't have that dream job, um, per se, you know, you feel like you're not accomplishing. You're not accomplished. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because you have like friends or other people that have that job. Job. Exactly. Or have that pay that you're not getting. And it's like, why why am I not there? Yes. But understand that everything in life is a, is a stepping stone mm-hmm. and nothing is forever. Um, I will tell you, um, like, like, I, like I shared before, mm-hmm. you know, um, part of my struggle with my, my depression was that, that when I was young, um, at a very young age, I took over my household mm-hmm. because um, my dad was no longer with us. Not that he passed away, but he would just by choice, he was no longer with us. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of step up to the, you know, to, to help out with my mom. Mm-hmm. And so I was not um, at the dream job, but I was supporting my family. And if, you know, yeah. in other words, but um, when I did get a better job, and I was able to take my mom out of work, for me, it was like, who else does this? At 21, mm-hmm. you know, I had my mom, um, not working. I was head of the household. I um, I owned a property, like you know, things like that. That when I was in an older age, I mm-hmm. felt like, wait a minute, in my in my early years, I was doing so much. Like yeah. you know, like think about you know, like I think about now going back to that time, and it's like that age is when you're like starting off your life. It's mm-hmm. not you know, but. But it, it was for me, it was kind of like reverse. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was, you know, accomplishing all these things and it was awesome. It was amazing. I had great opportunities. Mm-hmm. But um, it when another stage of my life hit where I was not mm-hmm. in that same position or I was not advancing as I wanted to, mm-hmm. it felt like everything in the past was who I was like it 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 was like who it was what defined me and it and it's really not it's not true that is is completely not true so I always say things that um stepping stones whatever you do you know in your early years um it's always a stepping stone to whatever you're going to become when you you know 
at an, uh, you know, older age. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so don't look at whatever you're doing now. Don't look at it as, you know, this is not what I deserve. This is not what I want to do because mm-hmm. it, it, it's just a stepping stone. Look at it that way yeah. and then move forward. Because um, once you start dwelling on that, um, being not what you want, it's when you start to go down the that road of like depression and darkness and just really hating on yourself and absolutely i i think i'm not the only one in this i'm i'm the best at giving advice that i don't personally take (laughs) 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 i've had people that are older than me and like have come to me and been like i don't feel like i'm supposed to be where i'm at right now and i i have always said and i i think recently i've started to really take that into account that the universe is going to throw you what is meant for you in the moment. And if the universe Absolutely. is saying where your life is and how things are going now is where you're supposed to be and it's going to linger for maybe a while, that's just how it's going to be. And the universe will throw you a bone when the time is right. And yeah, the place you're at now, your job must be shitty, you know, or you're not doing as well in school as you thought that you would be or that you just aren't getting the promotion that you thought that you would whatever it is like perfectionism isn't going to get you exactly what you want being authentic and realizing that you know everything comes in time and comes with hard yes a hundred percent hard work and it comes with you know giving your time and your efforts into it but it also comes with you being you like if you weren't who you were, your work ethic wouldn't be what it is. So, you know, I, I really wanted to come on and talk about my experience just, you know, with my anxieties and my severe, severe need for perfectionism, because I know that there's people out there that feel the same way I do. And that, that feel like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. this stigma of four years of college and that's it. Mm -hmm. Or it has to be less than that. And I've met people and I know people that, aren't doing it within the four years and I on my on myself I and no no shade to anybody that hasn't done it in four years or less I personally remember always telling myself I never wanted to because that just was not in the cards for me and I thankfully thanks to you know the universe and the Lord and you know my family and stuff that I was able to do it in less time but I had to really sit there and be like you know my work ethic and who I am and how much I care about my future and how much I care about school has nothing to do with the amount of time that it takes to get to where I need to be. What matters is that I got there at the end of the day and that eventually I'm gonna be in a higher and better place and you know I have support around me and people that love me and will always tell me that they're proud of me even when I'm not doing as perfect as I thought I would be doing. But yeah, uh, like I've been saying, shout out to my mom, but shout out to my mom, my family, my boyfriend, you know, family, including, you know, my uncle who does wine talk for us and my tia and like the boys, like having my family and them just, you know, being like, that's really dope, dude. Like, holy fuck. That's like, amazing. Yeah, like, you did that to shit. Me. Like, that within itself, I take and I can go home and go to bed at night being like, I did that shit. Like, dope. And now yeah. next step is just to work and study for the LSAT and 
see where Everlife takes me within the six months I'm out of school until I go back in the fall. But yeah. yeah. Just so you know, I always use you as reference to Andy. <laughs> I always tell Andy, you're not the first one to go to college in the family, but you do have a big... (laughs) You do have Genesis to look up to and you need to step it up. (laughs) So he always says, I know, mom, I know. But uh, yeah, but I always... always You know, even doing that, like just that, like... And I know my cousin, my little cousin Sadie, who hopefully um, listens and watches this and will eventually be on this. But I know that she looks up to me with anything besides just schooling, just like style wise, characteristic wise and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. even having people in my family that look up to me and see me as a role model to them, the way that I looked up to my own brother and I strive to excel as much as my brother did it just brings me a lot of comfort to know that you know I have I have people that look at me that way too and like regardless if in my head I fucked up to them I'm like I'm still a G like I'm pretty dope like and not many people can say that you know and yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are but, yeah, yeah, those are the things that you you have to accept and be proud of for sure. They're, yeah. yeah, they're big accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens very, in February. I'm very excited about that. Looking forward yeah. to that. I'm very proud. Fingers of you. crossed. But yeah, I know it's going to be amazing. I already know. <laughs> Coming from you, I already know. <laughs> That's – there's no doubt about that. But, yeah. But thank you for sharing your story. Of it, you know, it, it's um, – as a parent, like I told you, it, it's very um, – it reassures me of, you know, what I'm going through with Andy and, yeah. you know, things that I I might, you know, need to change or to empower him in different ways. Mm-hmm. But it's very, you know um, – it's reassuring. Yeah, and, um, I think I'm happy that you're you share your story. Thank you. I, like I like I said earlier, the best advice that I can give, at least to you as a parent, because everybody is different, 100. percent Like, mm-hmm. there's not mm-hmm. a specific way, but I think just you know being there and telling him like being perfect is not everything, but whatever you do, like I'm here to support you and I love you and I'm still very much proud of you because I I I'm telling you the strive that. I just wanted that from my mom and my dad so bad to just continuously hear I'm proud of you was just all that I needed. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, yes, I love my parents and I love that they're proud of me and stuff. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I'm proud of myself and they help me learn to be proud of myself. And my family helps me learn to be proud of myself and take in the things that I've accomplished yeah. grown to do but. yeah you deserve it you deserve to be Thank proud you. hell yeah <laughs> i would <Thank> you. <laughs> i but would i guess maybe my advice to people out there that are listening that probably struggle with the same thing i do is take everything day by day the smallest accomplishments are the best accomplishments to dwell on not everything is going to come out as perfect as you would hope for it to be, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're a failure in any way. You've still accomplished something, and it's always good to really take a step back and relish in those accomplishments because what is life kicking yourself over and over again if you're not going to enjoy the accomplishments you've 
gotten to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing <laughs> of that. Of course. And the advice and um and your story yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Thank but you. But I guess that's Thank it you. for yeah. this episode of yeah. Morning Talk. We Thanks. will most likely have someone else coming yeah, on next a special guest episode I'm next hoping. episode mm-hmm. yes hoping but, they're available yes but anybody else that's out there that has found interest in wanting to be on wine talk and just speaking off of experience things that you know you've related to us on episodes that you've heard mm-hmm. previously or even in this episode and you just want to come on and talk about your experience please reach out to us we would love for you to yeah. be on here we love to just hear a bunch of stories and a bunch of perspectives on people's lives. Different, different things. Because like you said, it's, you know, for you, it might be like a little, a little thing that, that triggered your depression, but, um, it was a big thing. At the end of the day, it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I also want to, um, to extend the invitation because, um, there is no uh, once again there is no judgment here there is no um shame and um if you like to share your story um you can share as much as you can or or uh, want, want to, yeah. um or or not but um but the the main purpose is a contract is to- you have to sign if you want to do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> Complete joke. Maybe. No, but um, but really the, 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 the main point here is to bring awareness to whatever yeah. the situation is because like we've talked before, everybody goes through different things in life and what my had happened to us might not be what is happening to you but maybe that one person that comes and shares their story will Will be someone that you relate to yes and that and that the ultimate goal is that to to bring awareness and to shed light on you know it's just i think for me the point of this and what i we can close on this because i know that we got to wrap soon but i love to just hear everyone's story you know, uh, at the end of the day, we all go through stuff and we all go through the shitty moments. And it's always mm-hmm. comforting to hear someone say, you're not the mm-hmm. only person that's mm-hmm. gone through something shitty. I've gotten through it, too. too. Or I've gone through something else that's pretty shitty that maybe you can just hear me out on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what we want to bring to the table. You know, a comfortable, non-judgmental space area that everyone can just relate to and feel good and comfortable to talk about so yeah but that's it for wine talk episode four. four wow wow that was fast next one is episode <laughs> five i'm so excited again thank hopefully you. with another guest thank you guys for thank listening thank you for watching and then listening and, yeah, and watching, watching for you for all those of you that yeah that watches on youtube um don't forget to subscribe if you like our content don't forget to subscribe and yeah and we're on bell. spotify now too so oh, yes. if if you're listening to us on Spotify, follow us on Spotify because then you will get um, our little playlist on your playlist section, I think it is. But yeah, follow us on Spotify. Awesome. Isn't that dope? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's Can't that. we're doing this. <laughs> so excited. This wouldn't Thank be what it is without you guys also listening to us and motivating yeah. us to continuously do this all the time too. Yep. So shout out to everyone out there. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Till next episode. Till next time. I have no wine left, but cheers to everyone. (laughs) Cheers.